Hi everyone, and welcome to another instalment of Written by the Rest, the podcast that makes you ask the question, have you considered ruining a historically inaccurate film for me? And the answer is no, but, you know, you've given me the idea now, so let's do an episode on P.T. Barnum. Um, Before I start, as as I mentioned in a small announcement, my previous episode... It was like a minute long. Um, We've gone to a fortnightly format now. So what that means is we post something every two weeks instead of every week. And that gives me a bit more time to do things like make better content. I mean, we'll we'll wait and see if that's actually the case. As always, I'm with my friend and verbal podcast punching bag, Sam Nicholson. Sam, do you like the 19th and early 20th century circuses? Um, Well, I didn't go to one. No? No. Um, I don't like the idea of a circus, to be honest. What what don't you like about circuses? Well, especially recent ones, they they mistreated elephants in particular. Oh yeah, this this podcast touching on yeah. that. And yeah. monkeys. And monkeys. Every animal, tigers. Really. Ev- tigers. All animals. Yeah. Anything with a conscience and can breathe essentially gets abused yeah. in a circus. It's safe to say. Yeah, and I feel. I mean, I've not been to one since I was a kid, but I feel like even back then, people, e- even the eight year old me, knew that somebody was being exploited for me to have fun. Yeah, Which... I, that's why I went to monster truck rallies when I was a kid. Why? <laughs> No, no one's getting hurt in a monster truck rally, are they? Except the driver. <clears throat> yeah. And it's monster trucks. They're driving over cars. They're crushing stuff. Yeah. It's great. It's it's fun for the whole family. Fun for the whole family. Now, I'd like to argue that this isn't exactly a historical secret. I mean, P.T. Barnum, a lot of people would have probably watched the film and gone, hmm, this is a bit... Yeah. Uh, something isn't quite right. Something isn't sitting right here. It's a bit Hollywood. But if I had a pound for every conversation that I had correcting people about this, I would have two pounds, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it's happened twice. Mm. It's interesting because as well about kind of preparing this podcast is that I typically, and I'll make no bones about it, I typically use Wikipedia to get me like early life stuff, you know, the parents, where they were born, the basic background, you yeah. know? Yeah, you can generally take facts like that from Wikipedia and be pretty safe, can't you? Yeah, and, and in this case, it was no no different. I, mm. I did double-check everything, but um, it wasn't very well-balanced when it came to talking about PT. It didn't talk about a lot of things that it really should have touched on, right. or it didn't touch on it in much detail, so it wasn't very well-balanced. Mm. A bit like the BBC. If you're from the US, um, the BBC, uh, it's the best way I can compare them to anything. Well, they, do, uh, they do have the BBC in the US, don't they? Oh, yeah, they do. It's a world service, yeah. isn't it? Anyway, if you have the BBC world service, you'll know what I mean. I know some people take this as a given, and in some ways, this is how history ends up being confused by a lot of people. And and some absolute arseholes get remembered in a good light when they really shouldn't have been. It does happen more often than it should, doesn't it? Oh, Definitely. I mean, I, I, I've already got ideas to do a hell of a lot more podcasts based on movies that talked utter bollocks. Mm. Um, I'm already writing one for Pocahontas. I mean, I'm sure she was delightful. I'm, I'm sure she was. The people she was around <laughs> were not. Yeah, I'm mostly sure, colonisers. I'm sure John Smith wasn't. Um, yeah, he, he, he wasn't fantastic. It's probably ten John Smiths. Yeah, oh, this is the thing. It was it was seventeenth century Englishmen. <laughs> yeah. They were all called John <laughs> or James. They were either named after the king or their yeah. dad, which was John or James at the time. <laughs> so to sum up, P.T. Barnum, he was a man who exploited anyone and all to make m- money or an extra book. In fact, Barnum has been quoted on several occasions that he was in it for the money. P.T. Barnum or Phineas Taylor Barnum was born July eighteen ten in Bethel, Connecticut. He was a son of Philo Barnum and Irene Taylor. 
His father was a farmer, innkeeper, tailor, and storekeeper. Um, <laughs> now, in the in the film, I think he was just a tailor, if you remember rightly. Have you you've seen the film, right? Yeah, I've yeah. seen the film. Um, I did watch it ahead of this, obviously. I think I think you're right. Yeah. But yeah, he, he did a lot of stuff. So um, Philo clearly uh, couldn't find a profession um, to stick with. He should have been a baker. Yeah. Philo. Philo, yeah. Okay. I thought you were going with like, he should have been a, a sailor, a tinkerer, a tailor, a soldier, or a spy, but never mind. No. That's not, that's, yeah. No, that's Yours, not, was yeah. Yours was better. Yeah. Yours was better. Yours was better. But yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't um, pick a particular career and stick with it. I don't know if that was a thing at the time. I've not heard of people who are tailors and also farmers, but I, I'd have thought I don't know. it'd be the opposite. If anything, you kind of had a job and stuck to it. Hmm. Social mobility wasn't exactly at the forefront of people's minds back then, was it? Goodness no. But also, this guy fucked. He, he had ten kids by two wives. Jesus. Uh, this guy didn't mess around. Um, <clears throat> for anyone who's keeping count, PT was the sixth child by his second wife. For anyone who cares to keep count. Barnum accounts his early inspiration to his grandfather, who was a renowned practical joker. Um, but to be honest, I couldn't find anything else more interesting about him other than the fact that he ran a lottery. <laughs> so, Sounds legit. Thanks, Wikipedia and other sources, i.e. Google. <laughs> After his old man died in 1825, Barnum liquidated the family business and went which, to work... Which one? <laughs> <laughs> All of them. I know. I, I think he genuinely like liquidated the entire business empire. Um, <laughs> he went to work in a general store, of like the one he liquidated. Um, he did not. In, <laughs> in fact, he, he wasn't living in the streets though. Like the movie also liked to make a point of that he was uh, a raggedy child living yeah. in the streets where people had to give him bread. People with facial deformities, apparently, if you remember mm. the film at all. Um, no, he was he he was perfectly comfortable. He had a perfectly comfortable childhood. He had a perfectly comfortable um, adulthood or early adulthood. Wouldn't be as good a movie though, would it? No, no, they're definitely milking and yeah, the whole that underdog story. Underdo yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Barnum continued to do literally anything and everything, including and not limited to owning a general store, working in a store, book auctioning, real estate speculation. Statewide lottery. Uh, he even started a weekly newspaper in 1892 called the Herald of Freedom, but he got sued by a bunch of old dudes from the church who kicked off about his articles. Wow. If this was now, he'd have a YouTube channel, wouldn't he? Oh, absolutely. And he would just spout utter bollocks about COVID vaccines. He'd definitely be a COVID denier. Yeah. With, the, with, with the jobs that he's got, he would definitely... Yeah. Real estate speculation. Yeah, come on. Come on. The lottery runner. <laughs> That's the thing. It was like it's, that's a Ponzi scheme. Got, that's got Ponzi scheme written all over it. I imagine a lot of them were quite dodgy. Yeah. Like lotteries were ran quite a lot by mobs yeah. uh, later on down down the line. Uh, he also went on to marry uh, a lovely lady called uh, Ch uh, Chariot ha Hallett. Hallett. Chariot Hallett. Chariot Hallett. I could be it's way a off with that. Name, isn't it? Well, Charity is not an odd name for back in those I days. Chariot. No, no, Ch Charity. Charity Hallett. <laughs> Chariot Hallett is a hilarious name. <laughs> You know what? I'm, I was going to cut this, but you know what? We're going to stick with it. I, me not being able to pronounce yeah. things is funny. Charity Hallett. Charity Hallett. Uh, was his wife um, for the next 44 years. Um, ain't that nice? Well 44 done. years of marriage. That's not bad. It, I, I'm skipping ahead a bit here, but unfortunately she does die before him. Oh. And he remarries like a year later to someone like 40 years younger than him. Hmm. So he, he doesn't hang around. Uh, <laughs> but 
another thing that the, the movie gets you know wrong here is that uh, he met her when they were both like six like that's not the case they met when they were adults oh yeah is, isn't his dad fixing someone's dress and she's there or something like yeah that? and yeah. she's trying to learn how to hold a cup of tea and yeah. he looks and lady. how dare he and he gets slapped by the yeah. father or something and but again it all adds into the fake narrative mm-hmm. So far, so good. So he sounds like a, a cheeky chappy looking for a way to make a few few extra bucks and fulfil the American dream, which was like the you know the rage at the time, wasn't yeah. it? So it's the style of the time. Yeah. So Barnum, Barnum started his lifelong career as a showman in 1835, about 10 years later, at the age of 25, with a promoter called Collie Bartram. Or Bartram, sorry. Um, he approached Barnum in his general store. So... Seems from his biography he was working a couple of jobs and was on the lookout for some variety of investment. Right. Which, again, because he's, he's liquidated a lot of his family assets. Yeah, so he's probably got a fair bit of cash. He's probably got a wedge on him. So the investment, unfortunately, though, and this is where it starts to turn dark very quickly in mm-hmm. uh, Barnum's showman career, the investment, unfortunately, is an enslaved woman called Joyce Heath, who was apparently... Um, hold on to your hat here because this is going to blow your mind apparently she was 161 years old and was the nursemaid of George Washington come on that's pretty cool you'd buy that you'd buy that enslaved woman right Uh, well (laughs) that raises a number of questions Mm. Um, I mean no no you'd give it a miss I wouldn't buy an enslaved person full stop oh okay not even if they were 161 years old I mean that would make me want them less because they're going to die soon aren't they yeah true no return Uh, on investment (laughs) anyway the the, the rascal that was PT thought it was a great idea and an idea to get rich quick um, with and I'm going to use a quote here I had long fancied that I could succeed if only I could get hold of a public exhibition so early days here He's seeing this woman as something, or someone, sorry, that he can exploit Yeah, as as an investment. He's not buying a slave for some friendship, is he? No. I mean, every slave's exploitation so it, for investment, really. It, it's worth stressing that he, Barnum couldn't actually buy her. So it, it gets a bit confusing, but at this time in, in... Yeah, this was after the emancipation, wasn't it? So slavery was still legal in some states yeah. but in New York it wasn't in the state of New York it, you couldn't own a slave however there were loopholes still so you could rent a slave wow yeah like renting a car I suppose they could probably be in servitude of some variety couldn't they without actually, yeah. actually being a slave yeah there was there was plenty of loopholes yeah. that didn't get sealed still, up for years still, after yeah really that's it like so yeah and, and basically in Pennsylvania and New York slavery had been completely outlawed but that didn't stop, obviously that didn't stop Barnum. Um, he was able to rent Joyce um, and he rented her for about $1,000. Um, now, the numbers on $1,000, I think, is tens of thousands of dollars in today's money. Right. I'd have to double check. I've got some numbers later on, but yeah. it, it's it's a lot of money. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong, Sam. I don't remember the song about renting an enslaved woman <laughs> in the first act. No, it would probably turn a lot of people off to the movie, wouldn't you it? You think, wouldn't you? Yeah, no. It just ju- I, in the film. I just love how it kind of like jumps ahead to him buying a museum. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I've got a museum. This is great. No enslaving here." No. Um, but it's a glorious movie. It's delightful. You know what? It's it is crap, but it, it's it's a good film. Yeah. It's he, got some he, good songs. It's got some bangers. It's, it's just yeah. fantastic in it. Yeah, and and Zac Efron and Zendaya, and he's yeah. got a good cast. All good. We'll, we'll touch on some of that, that later as well. Uh, but yeah, so he, he went on to exploit this poor woman who was uh, basically, spoiler alert, she wasn't 161. 
She was a little bit younger. She was 50? probably in her 80s. <laughs> she was probably in her 80s. Which, you've got to think about, the average life expectancy of someone like back in those days wasn't anywhere near 80. Like Even if you were well off and you had good health care, yeah. you probably lived until about 45, 50. Mm. Maybe even less. Like I'm assuming the fact that you had a lot of um, infant deaths back then... It was probably actually a lot lower. Yeah, I remember if you reading, average it out. reading somewhere recently that <clears throat> we don't actually live any longer than we used to. It's just the healthcare is better. Yeah, we just yeah we're just better at not yeah, dying exactly, now, yeah. thanks we, to stupid we, diseases. We, we know about germ theory. Well, yeah, that that does help. Um, but yeah, so she she was likely in her eighties, uh, so which would have exacerbated the fact that she looks a lot older yeah. anyway. But she was put to work about twelve hours a day, um, being put on display being old just being old like it was a story that he kind of made about her obviously the whole george washington nursemaid thing and this is how old she is have you ever wanted to see someone that old before like it's it's likely that not many people have probably seen someone in their 80s let alone someone pretending to be 161 told the truth and made some money exactly but yeah she unfortunately died not long after she died only exactly what a rubbish investment She died only uh, a few months later in February 1836. So, at this point, you'd think, oh, like, this poor woman has gotten some peace. Mm. Her life is over. PT has paid his money to this man to rent an enslaved woman, as you do. That doesn't stop PT Barnum. Do... No, carry on. Does he know a taxidermist? You're not far off. Yeah. So he just... I love that's where your mind went. Great, he stuffs her. Well, well not, he doesn't quite that do that. Kind of it's way. still horrendous. Um, what he ends up doing is he did a live autopsy of her body. So he basically wanted to make... He kind of Again, he spun another narrative. He yeah. spun another lie and said, um, let's, let's find out if she's actually... 161 years old, we'll do a live autopsy. Come and roll, cutting down a tree. roll up, roll up. Yeah, let's see how many rings she's got. <laughs> um, and what they did, what he did is he, he attracted 1,500 spectators um, and they were paying 50 cents a piece, 50 cents a piece, um, to discover if she was really 160 years old, which strangely enough revealed that she was probably in her 80s. Indeed, not 160, <laughs> which I could have, I would have saved my 50 cents personally. I mean, what? I, I get that there was no TV back then, but paying 50 cents to watch an autopsy is a strange thing to do. Right. I don't, I don't think I'd pay 50 cents to see one now. No, I don't think I would either. He, he made a lot of money as well here. Like He he made thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, which in equivalent money is, is again, tens of yeah. thousands of thousands of dollars. If not, it could have reached six figures. I Again, I, I don't... <laughs> I think I had two copies of my script and one of them had the numbers and one doesn't yeah. and this one doesn't. Look it up. Inflation calculators are all over the place. It would have been thousand yeah, he, he probably could have made six figures yeah. easily out of out of Joyce. Um so this was a start of Barnum exhibiting his curiosities or freaks as he liked the, to call them, I'm mm. quoting. Um and this also began what what was Barnum's grand scientific and musical theatre, which is also a massive mouthful. It is a bit, isn't it? So after this, we we do have a a bit of a brief gap. So in 1837, it was called the Panic of 1837, which was basically, for all intents and purposes, a recession which lasted until about the early 1840s. Right. Which, you know, we we like to have every decade or so now, um, as opposed to... Every six months. Every six, yeah, every six months. 
<laughs> but thanks to his slave profits, um, Barnum was able to, had the perfect opportunity to purchase something called the Scudder's American Museum mm -hmm. in 1841, which we all know from the film was used to display his oddities, his caged animals, human beings. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get onto mm -hmm. that later. Barnum went on to put together tropes and acts for decades to come. One of his most famous, obviously, was Tom, Tom Thumb. Um, a child born with dwarfism and began working for Barnum around 1842 uh, as a young child of about five. I did not know that is where Tom Thumb came from. Neither. Yeah. That, that was in the film. I've probably missed it. Well, Ben, you're on your phone, weren't you? Probably, yeah. Scrolling through Instagram at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Tom, Tom Thumb was one of his early, um, one of his early exhibits, I guess. Um, ah, it's it's a fully grown dude in the movie though, isn't it? It's not a child. No, again, the, the, this yeah. is what the movie's trying to separate itself from. Yeah. It's trying to suggest that because I, I think child labour. Yeah, it is like a lot of his acts were kids, and we're going to talk about this. Yeah. But like Tom Thumb started about the age of five, right. and he grew up. This was all he knew. It's not like he he was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, or even yeah. younger, and, and thought, yeah, this sounds like a good idea. He just he was thrust into this was. by his parents because. Again, we'll we'll touch on it a little bit more later, but in in <laughs> the the worst thing is obviously compared to what we've discussed so far, this is one of the lesser problem cases, um, in my books at least, because he at least Tom Thumb enjoyed what he did. He was a good dancer. He was he was good at singing. He was a good attract. Like he enjoyed what he did, and he actually made quite a lot of money as well. Yeah, he was he was arguably he was a natural performer. I mean, right. This yeah. is from what I've read. He was. I mean, I've never seen anything. There weren't videos, but <laughs> apparently he was quite good to, at this kind of to thing. Silver line this, but the guy was five. Yeah, there's no really getting around, is there? It was child labour. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, I mean, there are worse ones, and I'm going to give you the next one. Go on. This is why I'm trying to say this is almost slightly better. Um, so Barnum did have another one of his early acts was a, a William Henry Johnson. He was a black cook who appeared in his shows as the half, and I'm quoting here, half man, half monkey, mm. um, a creature found in the wilds of Africa. Basically, he this, this chap had a slightly larger than average head. Right. So he used that to say he's a missing link, which is real. This is, this is a guy who clearly probably wasn't earning much money and they thought, hey, you've got a massive head. Do you want to yeah. <laughs> yeah. be one of my freaks? I mean, uh, yeah, obviously I am... Um... Not happy about the racism, but the fact that he was a slave in the first place is... Oh, no, no, no. So Joyce was a slave. This guy wasn't a slave. Oh, okay, sorry. Right. So, so this oh, guy so was a free man. people aren't slaves? No, no, well, no. by the letter yeah. of the law. Yeah. Um, well, we don't know. Like, he, he got paid. Well, yeah. We don't know loads of detail, but it's, it's safe to say he got paid. The bearded lady was also placed on display at a really young age. She was a year old when she was... Um, yeah, put on display is wow. the best way I can put it. She had a beard at a year old. She basically started having like mutton chops as a child. Yeah, really young. She was growing hair. It's a, it's a. I can't remember what the condition's called, but it basically makes you grow facial hair and hair where you shouldn't have it. Almost yeah. at a very very young age. It's like I remember the chemical you produce. I used to be really into the Guinness Book of World Records when I was a kid, and <clears throat> there was people with that disease, and yeah. they like had a face covered in hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like yeah. that. And that's where the bearded lady kind of yeah. came from. And yeah, again, like she, she was her parents were paid money so mm -hmm. she could be put on display, so take taking advantage of these children. And and the list goes on. They they had lots of famous acts. They had Siamese twins. They had the four legged woman, uh, the human skeleton, mm -hmm. um, all sorts of uh, acts that they they would 
arguably taken advantage of. Now, if this was if this was QI, a buzzer sound might play when mm. I say this. But to play devil's advocate a tiny little bit, yeah. Would these people have had any other choice in what they did at this time? Um, I think for some of them, they could have potentially found work. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, for example, uh, the the bearded lady. She actually went on to like marry someone. So yeah. back in those days, at least, she probably would have been fine there. For some people, yeah, this might yeah. have been a pretty limited career field or yeah, a, yeah. A, a path of it's jobs to this do. or poverty. Yeah, I mean, some got paid really well. Tom Thumb, for example, yeah. he made a mansion. He, he he was able to build a mansion mm-hmm. out of his earnings. I'm not saying that people didn't necessarily earn a decent living. Yeah, some definitely earned more than others, from from what I understand. But I don't know. For me, it's it is one of those things, isn't it? It's putting a freak on display. Is it, and where's the morality? Where does that end? If it's their choice, that's great. If not, yeah, I, I think know. that that's the key, isn't it? It's not whether there was choice involved. Are they forced? Yeah, uh, or, or, or like you say, have they got no other choice? Like, yeah, are, are they forced into it by society more than yes. by PT Barnum? Is society actually that's, that's quite a deep conversation? It is is the problem here society, not PT? Yeah, yeah. Is he just taking advantage of the situation rather than the people? That's no, oh, that's really interesting. Discuss, Such a deep discuss. thought. God, you know, this is what happens when we don't drink and do I podcasting. I can actually think. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I say, Tom Thumb, you know, he could build, he built a mansion. Basically, it was everything was adjusted to his size. So he could, he so didn't he have to deal with... a really tiny house. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Jesus Sorry, Christ. Sorry, that was, that was, that was easy. We're going to, we're going to move on. We're going to move on, don't worry. We're going to talk about his treatment of animals now. Oh, this <laughs> is going to make me angry. So, oh, it will. Probably more than the people one, weirdly. Yeah, probably will. Yeah. So um, Barnum's treatment of animals, unsurprisingly, was even worse. Um, Peter actually lobbied against the film originally to not use any real animals, which is an interesting choice. Sorry, when you said they Peter, when you said Peter, I just thought well, who's what, Peter? Peter Bread. <laughs> like, like Peter. Oh, I thought you were say Peter oh, Bread. I just thought who's Peter? I mean, I mean, no, no, no. P- Peter, the the yeah. vegan lobbying. They, I think they kill dogs. Wait, if, if anyone from Peter's listening, I don't know if you kill dogs. I know you have kill shelters, though, so I I, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, P- Peter lobbied for uh, the movie to, to use, like, CGI animals and not real animals. I think they kind of missed the point a little bit and probably should have tried to kick back on the legacy of P.T. Yeah. Barnum. But, uh, yeah. but, yeah, you'll notice there's quite a lot of CGI'd elephants you know what? in, I the, did, in I, the movie. I didn't think about it at the time. Yeah, everything was CGI'd pretty yeah. much. Um, now, like I say, I don't, I don't back Peter on many things, but yeah, that's an episode for another day. So Barnum & Co. had a myriad, myriad of different animals used in the shows and acts. It's safe to say across all of his animals, all kept in poor, cramped, unsatisfactory conditions for what essentially are wild animals. So, mm. like, need to make a point here. The, none of these animals would have been domesticated. All of them would have been wild. A lot of them obviously came from the wild. It's not like the third or second, you know, yeah, second not, or third generation here. It's not like the pet elephants you can get now, is it? Like, they are from the wild. They're not from pet shops. Pet, yeah, I, yeah. Pet elephants from the pet shop. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of pet shops have you been going to? Weird ones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, though. You mean ones that have been so, no, a, a little I'm, bit I'm, more. I'm just, I'm just taking the face. <laughs> so but, yeah, I mean, like ones that have been in captivity and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. he, yeah. Anyway, he was responsible for a lot of shit, and I'm going to go through a list now because yeah. I, I like a good list of animal abuse. He stole um, elephants in the wild from Sri Lanka. Um, I think he stole about ten. 
and then he brought them back on a big boat, and one so of them a lot died. Of elephants to scale. Fuck ton of elephants, isn't it? That's too many elephants. One or two. Also, what kind of ship do you have to have to fit ten elephants on it? <laughs> Fucking big one. Imagine that. Imagine that order. Imagine going to the harbour master and going, "You're right. Um, I need a ship. Yeah, yeah. How big? Massive. The elephants ha- need to walk two by two. <laughs> do you have an ark? <laughs> Yeah, how big does it need to be? It needs to fit ten elephants on it. <laughs> well, nine alive ones and one dead. Oh god. <laughs> anyway, um he was uh, known for using uh, bull hooks on elephants. If you don't know what a bull hook is, allow me to enlighten you. Mm. So bull hook is a reasonably long pole. Um it has a metal tip on the end and kind of a hook, and it's used for stabbing elephants in sensitive areas of their body to make them comply and do things that you're telling them. Wow. It's a form of it's uh, like a cattle prod for elephants. Kind of, yeah. So like, it's a very so the idea is it's like, it's like nerve points. Yeah. Um, and it makes the elephant stand up on its legs or get down. or It's just a horrendously horrible mm. thing to train an elephant with. And unfortunately, they are still used in parts of the world today. So right. if you do get a chance, don't ever, like, unlike I had to do, don't Google bull hooks um, for elephants because that's not nice. Um, he branded his elephants as well on the, uh, on the uh, trunk. Um, on the trunk? Yeah. Why on the trunk? I d- I, is it really better anywhere else? Well, yeah. You don't <laughs> want it on your face, do you? No, it's fair play. Like, sure, the hoof would hurt less. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd be against branding full stop. It's not like the elephants are going to escape and that someone's going to say, oh, that's my elephant. It might do. There could have been another circus across the street for all you know. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. Just constantly having an argument about who's got elephants and who's not. <laughs> um, well, so the branding sorted that out. Um an interesting one as well is he kept he kept beluga whales, as you do. How did he get a beluga whale? I mean, he got ten elephants. I know, but that's easier than a whale. Is it? I'd imagine so. <laughs> so if it goes I, back. If I, if I said to you, go and get me an elephant. <laughs> I feel like, oh, easy. Go and get me a beluga. <laughs> Too easy, mate. <laughs> You'd be like, I think I'll go for the elephant. No, I, I, I'm not. How are you going to catch a beluga whale? Harbour master, what what do you want now, PT? Um, I want uh, all right. I want some beluga whales. Fuck off. Get out. I helped you with the elephants. I'm (laughs) not doing any more of this shit. This is too much, mate. Too much. (laughs) He had nine beluga whales. Um, Nine? Yeah, he had nine. Did I not get back to that bit? He He had nine of them. What did he do with these beluga whales? We're going to find out. Um, (laughs) He had them on display between 1861 and 1865. Two di- died within two days uh, due to not having the correct salt water balance. So <laughs> just put them in fresh water. He probably did, and tr- and just you know got the, got the, sh- <laughs> the salt, salt shake around. Yeah, that'll do. Um, oh shit, that's pepper. <laughs> but yeah, he he killed two that way. He killed another two um, not long after by pumping. He, he basically tried to pump water straight in from the Hudson River, which. I could, you can only imagine how disgusting that water yeah. would have been in the 19th century. Like, it's not great now. It's probably worse now. But it's... I, I don't know. I think they still had oysters in the Hudson back then. I don't know. Did they, like, farm them all? And if that wasn't bad enough, Barnum's Museum um, burnt down on two separate occasions. Um, one, one unfortunately, was uh, whilst the whales were in the, the, kind of the basement area, is right. where they were kept, and they uh, were boiled to death in their tanks. So he killed six there. So three survived out of nine. It's a good job you've got nine, isn't it? Yeah. That's probably why. He was like, ah, just in case I don't make it back. Rule of thirds. His arguably most famous exhibit was Jumbo the Elephant. 
he unfortunately met an untimely death when he was hit by a train. Um, so after the after the the, the I know, right? After the <laughs> oh, music, does an elephant get hit by a train? I must admit, I had to read into that because I was like, "What?" Surely the so, elephant would be like, "Oh shit, there's a train coming." <laughs> a tra- I don't know what to do with this. So basically, what happened is because his museums kept burning down, as as they do. Um, <laughs> what was this guy doing? I don't know. Constant insurance claims. <laughs> I'm guessing. So. I wouldn't be surprised. He, he clearly didn't care about lying to people. Um, but he he ended up going on tour. So it was like the old classic, you know, circus right. tent. That's what he kept doing. And a lot of these circus tents were set up right next to train lines because obviously his animals were transported via train. Yeah. You know the classic. Train with the elephant, lions elephant in the cages. Yeah. yeah, so that that was kind of it. And I, I don't know the full details, but yeah, the, the elephant Jumbo was outside having a cigarette um, and just got hit by a train. Shit. I don't, yeah, I didn't get the blow by blow of that one. I mean, Jumbo did, but um, sorry, that's horrible. Now, we're hardly in the age of animal rights here, and I, 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 which I completely get. And I guess some people could use that devil's advocate argument of, well, you know, Animal rights wasn't really a thing. Cockfighting was a big thing. You still did like lots of different things. People didn't consider animals as sentient. So you could arguably defend PT on this, but you can't. So this happened obviously over decades. And again, there's there's more I could touch on here, but this is what made animal exploitation like this normalised. He even corresponded with someone, what we'll call an early animal rights activist Mm. over the years, a guy called Henry Berg who've actually founded the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, or the ASPCA for short, because that's a fucking mouthful. RSPCA sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah, ours sounds better. Yeah. In, in in the UK, it's RSPCA, it's which got, better. It's got Roy. Ro- rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Mm. No, not the ASPCA. As- Aspica. <laughs> nah, that sounds crap. Anything that starts with ass just isn't good, is it? So it's not like Barnum didn't have someone tapping him on the shoulder about this in a time where animal rights wasn't really a thing. He actually had an animal rights activist say, yeah. hey, Barnum, can you maybe stop being cruel to animals and killing them? So, yeah. on Luga whales are fine. They've only not... got three left. They're fine. <laughs> they're fine. Have those ones boiled to death? Nope. They've just drowned. And they're in salt water. That's it. They're not in salt water. Um, but, you know, it's either it's one of the way or the other. You're fine. You're good. Fucking love tins of tuna. <laughs> so on a final point before moving on to Barnum's later life, we all know about the tour that he did with um, Jenny Lind, the opera singer. Remember yeah. that bit? Big, big plot point in the movie. Very big plot point. Arguably one of the largest plot points in the entire film. Um, the movie, for some reason, needed to make Barnum out to be a cheater, um, for reasons. So they, his, his, they had this affair. Yeah. Complete fantasy. Never hmm. happened. In fact, there's there's a lot of evidence that she didn't like PT at all. <laughs> Like she didn't, she didn't think he was a very nice chap. She, in fact, she made him early on in the tour because he was making so much money. Yeah. She was. She pretty much went to him and said, "Look, we need to renegotiate my contract. You're making so, so, so much more money than I am." Um. And yeah, they, they had to force that to, right. to happen. Um. Because it was te- he made tens of millions and millions of pounds in Jesus. today's money. I suppose if you. The Hollywood movie in general, they've just kind of done whatever the fuck they want, haven't they? Oh God. Like, yeah, totally. But you can't have Rebecca Ferguson and Hugh Jackman locked in rooms together for a year and not have them having a fair. I guess. As like it'd just be it'd be a missed opportunity, wouldn't it? I don't know. Well, I, I, I just it, I'm guessing it was for conflict, wasn't it? Because yeah, exactly. you've yeah. got to have conflict in a film or it doesn't work. Yeah. But yeah, they that that's complete fantasy anyway. That never happened. Mm. Like I say, in fact they they just didn't like each other they from the sounds of it. Yeah. Um 
so let's get into his later life. So uh, for some reason um, in later life, he starts to become political. Um, and in fact, he becomes quite contradictory, which is a bit weird. Not that the fact that he, it's weird that he entered politics, that's perfectly normal to be contradictory. Um, he became contradictory in the fact that he was actually starting to rally against things that he profited on earlier on in his life so which is also weird because he was quoted as saying politics were always distasteful for me so I, I'm a bit confused by his later part of life hmm. but yeah he he ends up talking about racism and supporting anti-slavery laws he ends up giving money away so that animal rights chap that I mentioned earlier Henry well he ended up donating money to him to help look after ex-circus animals which blows my mind a little because I mean, did he understand the error of his ways? Like, I mean, people can change. People can change. Or was it, and I'm going to, this might be me being slightly negative, was it a popularist thing? Was it, because obviously going against slavery, rallying, being quite progressive was actually quite popular back then. Mm. But it, was, it, was, it wasn't, it was a, anti-slavery was definitely becoming more of a thing. I mean, there was still a really big war fought over it. Yeah, that was a pretty big war. Um, but overall, like it did, it did quite, you know. Yeah, I imagine yeah. in certain areas, I imagine there was more yeah, yeah. support for it. But... but yeah, no, he ended up being, being quite in vogue in that respect. Wow. So, yeah. maybe he was just. Maybe I'm giving him way too much of the benefit of the doubt here, but maybe that was always his belief system. But he just wanted to make a fuck ton of money. This is the thing as well. It's it. This is, that is one worse? of the things. Is that worse? This is this is my thought on it. So. I, I, he could have very easily not liked what he did. Yeah. But he didn't give a shit because he was making tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, it's easy to look the other way, isn't it? When, when money's involved. Cash. Yeah, like that's 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 almost worse in some respects. Mm. I'm not saying that it would have made it better if he was like, yeah, he was a full-on racist. And he was cool <laughs> with that. It's just it's the fact that you were saying that like he paid Tom Thumb really well, and mm. some people seem to have done well financially out of it. Like the, again, with going back to Joyce Joyce Heath though, the 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 lady that he rented, the slave that he rented, mm. there's nothing to suggest she ever really got any money. No, it's not like, and in a nice way possible. I I don't. She didn't have much time to spend it, even if she did. Yeah. She was alive for two more months. I suppose, again, it's, it's obviously utterly abhorrent as slavery was and is. Mm. When it's when it's kind of part of society at the time, it's it's difficult to judge somebody too harshly at the time yeah. for taking advantage of that. Well, this, but the thing is, though, it was illegal at this point. Like, slavery was illegal. Yeah, but you just said he could legally rent a slave. Well, that was a, that's a loophole. But yeah, I, I I'm know sure plenty mean. of people used it. Yeah, I imagine so. But yeah, anyway, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought, isn't it? He mm. clearly... He clearly changed a little bit. I mean, he did a lot of philanthropy as well. But the thing is, he did... Um, there's a word for it. Apologies if I've completely forgotten what it is. But it was philanthropy, which actually ultimately kind of benefited him. But yeah, he did a lot of philanthropy as well, which also kind of helped benefit him in yeah. a roundabouts way. Like he got his back garden done. Um, so P.T. Barnum died of a stroke in 1891 at the age of 80, which wow. isn't too bad. Um, right. hope, as long as he didn't look 160, you're fine. Yeah. So Barnum... What a guy. I think I want to do, like I said, I want to do a few more of these. Yeah. Um, I think the movie versus the real life comparison. Like I said, I've started looking into Pocahontas. That is very interesting. Mm. I do think a lot of people get caught up in revisionist history from films as well. Um, taking it as a fact 
which you could argue in some cases isn't necessarily a bad thing because like we both agreed that it was it's a good film. Yeah, good movie. Um, it's it's a good yeah, it's it's got a cracking soundtrack. Like as, I I used to listen to the soundtrack like when I was working. Yeah, as a piece of entertainment, it's very good. Yeah. But clearly it's not a true story. No, it's not a true story. And also the the, the point is it's it's kind of whitewashing the racism and cruelty yeah. that he it, the, the thing is that I don't like about it is it, it it's not just saying Barnum wasn't a racist or the people associated him, with him weren't racist. Yeah. So, for example, the relationship between um, Efron and Zendaya, I've forgotten the character names, but Zac Efron and Zendaya was making them out as kind of fighting the establishment because he, he, I think it was a scene where he tries to go into the theatre with her and yeah. people look at him disgustingly. Like, that never happened. Those two characters never existed yeah. anyway. But it's going it's going too far with it. It's not just trying to erase the fact that he wasn't a racist. It's actually going the other way and saying, oh, like, these these were really good people. If anything, they supported, you know, the, the, the black acts that they had with them and things like that. They treated them as equal. It's, it's an interesting thought, but like I said, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to explore this further because there's hmm. other films where this is done to, to an extreme. I mean, like, again, Pocahontas, and I'm using this as an, as an example, but Pocahontas was a Disney film. Like, there's going to be it's gonna. It's obviously gonna be some creative license there. I kind of yeah. get that. I think that's kind of the point here as well. Like, it's not. <clears throat> it's not a hard hitting sort of no. historically accurate movie, is it? It's a. It's a musical. But I think with something like Pocahontas, and again, we'll discuss this at the time. Something like Pocahontas is a bit different, isn't it? It's. It's your kind of. You are whitewashing something, especially if you were a native, a native Indian. Well, oh, sorry, a Native American. You could argue it's worse. Yeah, but anyway, that's. <laughs> that's us <laughs> that was really interesting i really i really yeah, enjoyed that, that actually so yeah no like depending on your outlook on life obviously burnham but barnum turned a leaf or a corner um but that's also easy to do when you've got four mansions at the end of your life um and a new career yeah it's still a little bit twat, <laughs> isn't it, way. yeah then you, you know owning slaves sam Give me some pluggables. You've got a you've got some sort of really cool interview coming up. Tell me about I it. I have, please. yeah. Um on YouTube from hopefully Friday the third of March. Um I'll be interviewing Dr. Martin Sweatman out of Edinburgh University, um, about the younger Dryas period and Gobekli Tepe in Turkey. Nice. Fascinating chat about prehistory. I am yes, that's gonna be really interesting. Yeah. So if you're into history, and you're into someone who can talk more eloquently about history yeah, than me. Yeah, someone that actually knows what they're talking about as opposed to us. Dr. Sweatman's your man. Yeah. So, right, okay. Let, well, let's finish up. Like, If you like the episode, do the usual stuff. Like it, share it, comment it. Um, open to hear your thoughts. What do you want to see? What don't you want to see? Have a have a nice week. Um, I'm, I'm going to see you in two weeks. I'm going abroad. So, goodbye, everybody. Bye now.